0: All right ladies and gentlemen welcome
1: to the Truth on the Houndsman XP podcast network and today I'm lucky enough to be joined by fourth place White Monin. How you doing, Wyatt?
0: I'm doing good. How you doing, John?
1: I was thinking of uh you and Hawk and you guys got fourth in the UKC World Hunt, you know, and which is most people would kill just to be in the finals of a World Hunt. But then uh I look at I'm I'm thinking about that and I remember uh what was that movie with Jackie Moon? Uh, where they oh, the, were the semi-pro where they're fighting for fourth place
0: <laughs> oh man i i don't know <laughs> yeah, I anyway didn't that one.
1: yeah it's yeah. a good one but anyway you got fourth place it was a big deal i want to congratulate you and hawk first of all because uh at your age getting into the finals of the of the ukc world hunt is that's a heck of an accomplishment uh people can go all their lives look at me i'm an old man now and i can't get in the finals of anything
0: yeah <laughs> yeah well well i've uh well i'm sure it'll come i'm sure it'll come for you one of these days yeah but, uh, i
1: don't know I don't about know. that
0: <laughs> it was a it was a pretty crazy experience and whatnot i uh you know it kind of it kind of has been a dream of mine for quite a while and that, that's a hunt that i had just been snake bit as i'll get out with i um i think i went five or six years to the zones and i never want to cast until just this year
1: yeah
0: everything and I, how many how many times it, was hawk been uh, this is the second year Hawk's been there, but um, just last year, actually, I took him to the zone in Iowa, and my first night, I just I just got beat. Um, I needed to find a couple of my coons, and it was actual legit dens and whatnot. Mm-hmm. He, he typically doesn't look too good when it's a little hotter, and it was a little hotter down at that hunt, and I ended up, just ended up getting him started on some thyroid pills and everything about five days before we went out here to Wisconsin. Yeah i don't know what your thought on them thyroid pills is but uh you know when i had clyde that that made me a believer in all that and everything and i did a bunch of blood work make sure he didn't have anything underlying that was causing that and uh i mean that's that's helped him just tremendously even when it is hot what and uh what uh
1: you went you said you went to zones in wisconsin
0: yep i went to zones in wisconsin yeah
1: was it what was the weather difference i mean was it pretty nice down in tennessee i never even did check the weather but i assumed it was cooler in wisconsin the weekend before than it was in tennessee the next weekend surely
0: yeah it it was cooler yeah um we ended up so i went down a day early you know it's a long drive for me to get there you know the google maps will tell you you know 12 or 13 hours it'll take you 14 though if you go straight through yeah so i ended up uh I ended up going on sleeping in my truck actually on the east side of kansas city once i got through there and then finished the drive off and got there right around uh noon or one o'clock on wednesday mm-hmm. before the hunt and it was so stinging hot it was probably over uh probably over a hundred and yes. i didn't have a room yet i was just planning on getting one there i figured well shoot there's a you know, how much UKC staff and then 104 entrants and how many of them will be split in one, I figured I'd have an easy time getting a room and I was pretty darn worried about my dog yeah. and everything in the box, but I got I got a room at Motel 6 and got him in there, but it was hotter than heck that day, but then uh, on Thursday it ended up being pretty good temp and everything, so yeah. it was pretty nice weather, a little warmer the next night, but yeah, it was definitely warmer and everything, so.
1: When you talk about the uh, trip on the way down to Tennessee, tell everybody where you're from up there in that frozen tundra
0: yeah so i'm a. well a lot of people call me a yankee and whatnot <laughs> just because i live this far up and everything but uh i'm right up by sioux falls south dakota yeah um i'm probably about so i'm about 10-15 minutes from south dakota and i'm about three minutes from minnesota i mean i'm as far in the northwest corner as you can get and a lot of people when i say i'm from iowa they don't really understand that
1: no like but, i i can say i'm i'm just five miles from the iowa line and i've got to be at least four or five hours from you
0: i'm sure at least yeah i think it takes me right around six or seven hours to get to like la plata missouri yeah,
1: yeah. i figured them no, i'd be about five hours from you so i mean it's a you've got to be i mean i'm gonna just go off the top of my head but i don't know of any other world champions from south dakota
0: yeah i I ain't no world champion but uh, well i mean I world finalists both, i'm
1: sorry world finalists from oh, south dakota
0: yep yeah no there's a, there's not a lot of people around here um that have that are real there's not a lot around here that are real serious into the competition hunt. you know there's a there's enough guys that like the dogs and everything mm-hmm. but i mean i guess ryan sears he's probably a two two and a half hours south of me he's probably about the most serious competition hunter in the area and then jay bradmeyer you know up north about four hours or so for me up in north dakota
1: yeah yeah but, jay's, jay's up there a long ways
0: oh yeah it it's it's a haul for him too
1: yeah so <laughs> what is sure. what is the hunting like up there where you're at what
0: um you know a lot of people think iowa you know a lot of coons and everything but it's uh it's a little different than the rest of the state so what i mainly hunt is river bottoms um, mm-hmm. there's some There's some creeks with some good timber on it that I hunt, but I hunt a lot of river bottoms, but when I say river bottoms, it's not just a river bottom. It's a lot of big ravines and, you know, mountains more or less going down towards the river bottom. So, you know, there's not a road within a mile of the river in a lot of spots. So it's big woods. Yeah. Big hilly for the most part. And, uh, the hunting's different. The coons move out around here, I feel like, but I might just be crazy,
1: (laughs) but What, um what about the when it gets winter time how how late do you guys hunt in the year
0: so i um oh the last couple of years i've slowed down a lot with hunting in the winter but i i used to hunt all through the winter um we actually had a cast up here i scheduled hunts all through the winter actually when i, I first remember started at my there, pkc yeah. club <laughs>
1: i remember one weekend you guys had a hunt when it was like 20 below or something Crazy. Yeah,
0: neg- <laughs> negative 22 or 24 for the wind chill, and we actually <laughs> treed coons. So really? That's when I was hunting Clyde. He missed a layup by a tree, and uh, the other two in the cast were John Vander white He was Smiley, and uh, Tim Lavoy was hunting Devin Maker's bandit dog. Mm-hmm. And uh, bandit ended up, I think he had a den, and I think he had a piece of a coon, and he might have had a coon on his own or something, but we actually scored coons in that one-hour hunt believe it or not. I treed one up a bush that he had pushed out of a cattail uh, slough and I missed a layup by a tree. We had to circle. It was a big cottonwood. And then I think Smiley got, Smiley might've treed one and I think Bandit might've treed one as well. So it, it ended up being a, ended up actually treading some coons, but boy, that was miserable. I think the air, yeah, the air temp I think was six, six below, but <laughs> it was with that wind. It was, it's horrible.
1: How do you, uh, let's let's back up let's go ahead and just back up all the way to the all the way to the beginning why how on earth being up there where you're at uh did you get exposed to competition coon hunting you know and and coon hunting in general
0: so uh for the coon hunting in general my dad always had didn't, didn't always have dogs but it's kind of a funny story how he got dogs so his grandpa my great grandpa um was all for him getting dogs this is back when fur prices were pretty good back mm-hmm. in probably the late 80s or so yeah and he ended up, his, dad, his mom and dad, my grandma and grandpa, Roger and Cheryl, they said uh, he couldn't have a dog. So then, uh, or they couldn't, he couldn't have one there, is what they said. So then, my great grandpa sweet, who lived across the road from him when they lived in town yet, he said, uh, Well, you could get one, keep it at my place. So he got a couple dogs and he kept them across the street at, at, his, uh, at my great grandpa's place. Yeah. So that's how he got into hounds when he was probably, oh, right in his early teens or so.
1: What kind of and dogs uh, were they?
0: So his first two that he had were, uh, I think, a blue tick and a red bone. Yeah. And I think the red bone actually ended up being something pretty decent, but the blue tick, he wasn't He wasn't anything. Yeah. But, uh, he ended up pretty quickly, he actually won the Red Fern Award that UKC used to do, where they'll give you a light and a pup and everything else and a walk with Wick Book. No kidding. Yeah, he won that back in the day, and he got a dog named RFA. He named it RFA. Redfern red fern award uh sweet river ruby
1: yeah
0: she was out of carl carroll's english dogs out in ohio and uh i think he made her a night champion might have got her a couple wins you know she was pretty she was just a pretty decent dog she wasn't the kind that could really rack up score but you know if you had a tough tough night she was going to show you a coon from mm-hmm. what i heard i don't remember hunting with her much I, I did when i was little real little but i don't remember much about her but the first real good dog he got was a deepwood surgeons hank also from carl carroll yeah and that was out of i think that one was out of surgeons blue and uh, i think ruby ended up being out of patch and oh might have been some loomis breeding yeah this is old english english breeding there but that's what he ran for years um mostly english dogs you know i remember a couple walker dogs coming through here one was named ruth they did some winning in Western States PKC with her, yeah. um, him and Tim Hoy partnered on quite a few dogs. And, uh, that ended up, that's just kind of how I got into it. I would go with my, uh, I would go with my dad and Tim for a little bit there when they were, uh, when they were hunting together quite a bit and they were owning some dogs, running the Western States race and everything. Um, you know, they had some pretty decent red bones and English dogs, honestly, and a Walker here and there. And, then uh, my dad ended up sort of slowly getting out of it. Um, I think the last big hunt or last actual hunt he went to before I started up my PKC club was probably the 2008 AKC South Dakota State Championship. Really? He won that with uh, Chigger, a dog that we had. Um, and that, that's, one that, that's about the first dog I actually started hunting. But Chigger was sort of a, I think he was a rooster and hard time bred type English dog but he had he still had some old dogs around he sort of give the old dogs to my uncles when they were done when he was done competition hunting them and they'd hide hunt like crazy all through high school Mm -hmm. that's back when furs were still worth something and uh, that's just kind of how i got into it you know we've always been my grandpa owned a fur shop so we've always been into fur handling and oh i didn't uh, know
1: that that you guys had a fur shop
0: yeah my grandpa owned it back in the day with a couple of my great uncle and whatnot um that was back in the day actually um but we, he's always had the stuff and we've always had like the skin and machines fleshing beams all the boards and everything yeah. else so you what, know i was uh, just always into the fur handling and hunting so
1: what um, uh when you had that first shop you what's the biggest coon ever come through there you think
0: i i couldn't tell you honestly because uh, you, you look at you um, look at them
1: northern states and the size of some of your guys' raccoons nah, gee whiz they're big
0: yeah i i always tell people um i have a bunch of coons that i have tanned and hanging on my wall and i've got i think three of them that are under 25 pounds um that are hanging on my wall and they're just color phased ones that's yeah. why they got tanned
1: but
0: yeah. about every coon over on my wall is over 30 pounds
1: i've been looking for so, i don't know how many coons i pack a scale with my vest now uh during coon season and i don't know how many coons i've weighed i swore were 30 pounds i cannot um, down here it's hard it's impossible to find a 30 pound coon i think we'll yep. get them in the 25 25 to 28 pound range uh, 28 9 i think is the biggest one i ever weighed but yep. uh, yeah they're they you guys got 30 pounders up there and that people don't understand i don't think how big a 30 pound coon is that is huge
0: they're pretty big i got i've got some pictures with a, you know a dog tied back to a fence post or a sapling and then I've got a coon laying out there with the rifle in front of it, and you know that coon's as long as a Ruger 10-22.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, they're those monsters. Are, when they get you know, that, when they get thirty coons. pounds, they are okay. monsters. So what about you? Said you started uh, competition hunting with that little English female, is that right?
0: No, so that's that's where my dad started competition hunting. Yeah. Um, back in the day, and I just sort of got exposed to it, always being around. I think I walked with when I was really young on a thirty-dollar cast or it might have been a ten dollar cast back in the day Mm -hmm. Uh, just pkc hunt during the week uh there's just a couple guys showing up at it i think i might have walked with on that but my dad was a little worried about me competition hunting um and i just i was hungry for it i really was um i never went to a youth hunt or anything back in the day um it's kind of a funny story about my first hunt that i got into um i probably should back up a little bit before that yeah, um, so oh we ended yeah. up, my dad had, my dad had quit hunting uh, for the most part. you know he'd still hunt a little bit but yeah. he was all, all but done with the competition hunting and everything um, and he, the old dogs that he had a couple of them had died off at my uncle's place just from old age and, or my grandma's place where my uncle still lived back mm-hmm. then. And it was probably about 2012 or 13. We uh, crossed the last two English dogs he had, sugar and Bella and we got those pups and the oh chigger and bella ended up basically dying before the pups were ready to start they were both old also yeah. at the time so i really didn't have much to hunt you know i got to take him a little bit with chigger and he was starting to break down you know yeah. he, he was starting to break down he got cancer pretty bad so i didn't get to hunt him much so for quite a while i walked hunted english dogs through yeah. high school yeah you know, I was 14, 15. I would drive out, you know, 15, 20 minutes to the Big Sioux River, and I'd walk hunt these English pups. And there's one he'd go hunting, but he went tree. I had one that would tree coons, but she was too smart for her own good. Yeah. And the, uh, I had my uncle's that was a little bit of a tree monster at the time, and we used him. I hunted him too a little bit, and it was just sort of all three of them that I would take out and walk hunt them basically. And I didn't really have anybody I hunted with. You know, I had some classmates and friends of mine that went mm-hmm. with quite a bit you know i was driving out there before i even had a license and i was walking on knees well my dad tried going with a couple times and then he figured out i needed a dog so he started (laughs) making phone calls and calling and we tried a couple of them that were just terrible Yeah, we ended up bringing them back and everything and uh we ended up he called paul gibson from uh jasonville indiana is what my dad did and he hadn't talked to him in years you know he had drawn him a time or two and They got along real good. Paul always had a really nice English dog, is why my dad called him. And he put me on to his neighbor, or he put my dad on to his neighbor, Paul or uh, Tom Gamble. Yeah. He had this uh, I think a five year old female that he said he'd part with, and she was actually pretty cheap. I think she was only six hundred bucks is all he wanted for her. Well, I think I was fifteen years old and me and my uncle, we drove out to Indiana and uh just to hunt with this dog. And I mean, looking back on it now, I mean, that's insane to drive to Indiana, thousand miles to my house to hunt with a $600 dog. Yeah. <laughs> and it was snowing all the way out there. It was snowing when we got out there and they were not very optimistic about hunting. And, uh, we wanted to go anyways. Well, this, this little bitch, she treat, uh, she treat a coon right out of the truck with this old dog that, or with another old dog that he had. That was pretty nice. And then they, we recut and they got split and I think I think Annie had a coon, the one we were looking at. And then she ended up trying again, split quite a ways. At the end we drove around to her and she had a coon. We gave him the give him the money and headed back to Iowa.
1: Oh, I'd reckon. <laughs> and you and find she, me another one of those for $600 hauler. <laughs> oh,
0: no, absolutely. That, and that was that bitch was actually out of uh, Mike Gilbert's doctor dog. Really? This is way before I knew who Mike Gilbert was yeah. or anything. And uh, the bitch that annie was out of was actually out of zeb again
1: no kidding
0: so you know this is a pretty good bred up bitch and then uh, paul gibson he had said that they had crossed with his male dumas before Mm -hmm. and dumas was out of elvis attack and a yadkin river female yeah so we uh we ended up he said we can make that cross again because the first one turned out pretty good he said so we ended up driving back home and whatnot and we started hunting this female this right in the middle of winter and you know we're treeing some coons. I mean she's taking all these taking all these sorry English puffs hunting <laughs> and whatnot. And she mm-hmm. actually is actually just a pretty decent, nice common dog. I, I really enjoyed that female while I had her. But uh that was that was my first decent dog that I'd had actually. Um that I actually had myself and she was the first dog I actually put in a, a competition hunt
1: was it a pkc but, hunt or a ukc hunt
0: it was a ukC hunt over in Bigelow Minnesota yeah and my dad didn't didn't really want me to competition honey didn't think the he said the dogs I had they were not they weren't really up to competition standard and i I believed him and, and whatnot you know i I really didn't think they were that great either but I, I liked hunting them during the week you know I was fifteen years old and mm-hmm. I liked I like coons I like going out there and listening to the Whippoorwills and trees coons but uh I ended up finding a I'd always read his bloodline magazines and I read this bloodlines magazine and I found a hunt that was scheduled in Bigelow, Minnesota. So I told him, I said, I'm going to go hunting over on the rock river tonight. And this is before I even have a driver's license yet. Yeah. I said, that's fine. I drove over to that hunt and I didn't really know anything. You know, I knew I had to strike and tree my dog. and that So was you amazing drove
1: all the way call. over into Minnesota without a driver's license?
0: Yeah, I did. It was only about, it's only about 40 minutes from my house. Yeah, but, but still. Still, <laughs> yeah. It was just, it was just down Highway 9 and I, I think I treat that, I think I treat her three times in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> and, uh, I still almost won that cast. I still only lost by a quarter. I treat a lot of coons that night. Yeah. And then I didn't go for, I didn't go to one for a long time after that. And then my next hunt I went to was also up there in Bigelow. And I did the same thing. Yeah. And, uh, One after that I went to, this is, this is probably a year later. Well, the one after that I went to is in Primgar and it was the same type of story. I got beat because I don't know what's going on. And, uh, then I didn't go to hunts for a long time after that. Actually, I got in, I don't know, they kind of found out about the hunts and everything and gotten a little bit of trouble and everything. I just didn't go to much for hunts after that. And, uh, yeah, I didn't go to much for hunts and I ended up getting this dog called owen he was i got him from casey gale he was a little younger at the time i think he was three or four and i started hunting him and the, the deal kind of was that if uh casey didn't come to get him after three or four months that he uh he was mine and uh-huh. send the papers on over so i hunted this dog up and he was kind of he was basically like a, a three-year-old pup when i got him you know yeah. he coons but he had, he needed some hard hunting. I don't think he'd ever really had much real hard hunting in big woods. So I ended up really pushing his wheels off and everything, hunting the, hunting the brakes off of him. And Casey ended up deciding he wanted him back at the end of that time and took him back. And I was pretty bummed out. I still had Annie and I'm sorry, English pups, but I ended up uh, still wanting Owen back. I really liked that dog. Yeah. Well, I ended up the next year, Casey decided he didn't hunt him much and he sold him to us just dirt cheap. So then I, I ended up having Owen again and I started taking him to a, I didn't take him to hunts right away. I got him uh, hunted up back in shape and everything. And I think this was, I still didn't really think he was pretty much of a competition dog either. And I'm still at the point where I didn't think Annie was much of one. And looking back on it, it was just sort of my fault. You know, she would have done just fine around here. Right. But, uh, Oh, a friend of mine, Devin Maker, came over and hunted one night in the winter, mm-hmm. and he ended up seeing, uh, seeing those two, and I said, you know, yeah, they're not much for competition dogs. Well, they both get split and both have coons, you know, in pretty short order, and they got in there quite a ways. And uh, his jaw kind of hits the floor, I think, looking back on it now, and he's like, we probably should take these to some hunts. So then that next spring... He ended up packing me around. You know, I'm still in high school. Yeah. He packed me around to all sorts of hunts, and I ended up making Owen a dual grand in about three months or so. Yeah. And uh, Annie, I had a couple buddies would go with, and they'd handle Annie because she was real easy to call. Had a real easy mouth to hear. What was Owen uh, out of? Owen was out of Zach Thomas's Tree Torch and Rock Dog. He He was a walker dog, too. And then he was out of a bitch called Mississippi Valley Gidget, which was out of wild card i got you so he was he had a lot of nailer in him and then uh, on the top side and then he had a lot of uh he had a lot of uh clover on the bottom or clover breeding on the bottom more or less
1: did your dad ever give you a hard time for hunting walker dogs after you guys had had english dogs all this time
0: oh yeah we did <laughs> we, we tried we tried out a lot you know we i, I mess with a lot of english pups and i just i couldn't find one that suited me or that i They all just seemed to be missing something, and it might have just been the ones I was hunting, you know. Yeah. might have been how I was starting them. I'm not sure, but I couldn't find one that I got along with, and he gave me a hard time for the walker dogs for a while and everything, but, you know, to his credit, the hunts had changed quite a bit since he was hunting in them, you know, just in that short ride, less than 10 years. The hunts had changed a lot. The caliber of dog it took, it it changed a lot. Yeah, definitely. uh, That was... That was just a lot of it. You know, a lot of the guys that hunt around here, they, uh, oh, they like pleasure hunting. They like, you know, you know, they just like coon hunting in the fall and whatnot. And, you know, they don't, they're not real serious competition hunters that want to go beat the pavement down and, you know, go to a lot of big entry fee hunts. They like going to the local club for the camaraderie. A lot of it. And they just like treeing coons. They'd, they'd rather their dog tree this den tree 300 yards here than tree this, tree this coon in a bush a mile across this open field so
1: what about understandably
0: the, if they're oh, understandably yeah. yeah there's a
1: lot of times i'd rather tree that tree 300 yards away than that coon in a bush a mile away too yeah
0: absolutely. i see where i see where they're
1: coming from
0: all right there's a lot of people don't like drawing me sometimes just for that reason you know i i usually hunt something that's got a little bit of a motor at least if i'm going to the hunt so
1: yeah, you got to to compete at the level that me and you want to compete at i mean that's just part of it
0: Oh, absolutely! What I what I usually have, I don't. I don't need around here. Yeah, you know, I could, I could be competitive and have probably more fun on these casts with you know just more, even more common dog than what I usually pack. So,
1: <laughs> when did uh, when did Clyde come around? Because that's the first time I drew you. I think you were hunting Clyde. I think we drew out at La Plata, like the state hunt or something one night.
0: Yep. Yeah, that was uh, that was when I first. Uh, that was when I mainly started hunting. PKC was when I had Clyde that's when yeah. I got pretty big into it and that was in Clyde was born in 2018 and this is before I knew about Super Steaks. and this litter just so happened to be born on May 3rd yeah I mean it was the perfect spring Super Steaks birthday I'd actually brought that female my grandpa drove me out to Indiana with that female we bought from Tom Gamble to breed to Paul Gibson's mail like he had like they had mentioned that cross was good yeah so I actually went back out there and with my grandpa, and we made that cross, and uh, these pups ended up being born on, on May 3rd, and that was a super stakes cross, and uh, we thought performance also, yeah. and that ended up having a, you know, there was a mess up with that, and ended up they weren't performance, but we uh, made that cross. They were born on, we had five pups on May 3rd of 2017, right, yeah. right before I graduated high school and that's uh that's how he came about and i ended up i started him a little different than i would started a lot of pups in the past i just sort of started taking him with let him ride in the front seat while i'd hunt all these other dogs Mm because back then i would would hunt a little bit for the public too back then actually and um i would take him with he'd just hang out in the front seat if he wanted to stand around with me you know he was just two three or two three month old pup he wanted to stand around that was fine well, about the time he was five months, I started losing him once in a while. You know, I never put a tracking collar on him. Yeah. He's just a puppy that's that's walking with, sitting in the front seat, and uh, he ended up uh, just disappear. So I ended up I just keep hunting right in the area, and I'd find him at some point in the night. And he never he never make a peep out there. You know, I never heard him opening. Yeah. Well, then one night he ended up going and treeing. I was hunting Devin Maker's Bandit dog at the time along with a bunch of other ones and uh he ended up just falling treed with him down there in the bottom so then i started putting a track collar on him and i didn't didn't hunt him as didn't hunt him super hard at first because he was only five months old
1: mm-hmm.
0: when he came treed down there but i was taking him a little bit and he was treeing with the other dogs he was wide open on the ground and then one night he ended up just falling off treed all by himself um i cut him loose with john Whitey, Actually. He had two red dogs and i cut loose owen and clyde and uh owen's getting a little age on him now i think he was eight or nine yeah and i cut those two loose and john cut his two and his two red dogs went one way and owen and clyde went the other and they ended up you know they're all just burning something through there well clyde ended up just sort of splitting off to himself owen split off to himself and uh clyde ended up uh clyde ended up had a coon i didn't know where he was at first and he got split off by himself and had a coon and ever since that day he had turned basically silent on track and i do yeah, say when I that.
1: you said he was wide open when i hunted with him he didn't hardly say nothing on the ground
0: no he never did i i, I had a lot of trouble with uh, the ukc hunts back then before the rule change with the yeah. uh, silent dog actually with him but uh no he ended up treeing that coon and i went to hunting him hard by himself after that um i put in a lot of really long nights and this is in the dead of winter up here you know it Yeah. Was, you know i cut him loose a lot of times you know below zero or you know below below 10 degrees pretty often i consider that a good night a lot of the time yeah and uh <laughs> yeah he. Uh, it yeah, gets below it gets below
1: 20 down here i ain't hunting
0: yeah anymore i'm a little wiser and i try not to either but uh no i hunted this dog's wheels off and he was he'd get deep but he wasn't moving in deep fast well with age he guess got a little bit quicker a little quicker And I took him out there to baby stakes, fully intended on winning that thing. And I pleasure hunted the first night out there. I got out a little early, but pleasure hunted with Paul and, uh, ended up, he treed, uh, he treed two coons that night. And then I hunted him another night after that. And he never did get treed. And it was the same story in baby stakes. I took a little minus right out of the truck. I think I took a quarter tree minus or something. And he just started sailing through the country. He was gone. Yeah. And, uh, I brought him back from that back home and I ended up, uh, ended up winning the first RQE or first UKC on, I put him in, it was an RQE at Hudson. And I got high scoring dog at that one when he was 11 months old. And after that, I put him in a couple of local UKC hunts. And, uh, then I started bringing him to pro classics to try to get his one. Uh-huh. So I figured, you know, if I'm going to go to a drive somewhere for a, for a hunt, you know, I don't have any close clubs or I didn't at the time. Um, so I ended up throwing him in some pro classics and i I lost probably four or five of them. You know, I just have, I had a 12 or 14 month old pup, whatever he was when I put him in all of them. Yeah. So kind of obviously going to lose the pro classics. I'm putting him in. Yeah. That's back a, that's
1: a that tough stuff. competition change from your local UKC hunt to a pro classic
0: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> for a young Yeah, so About all I had gone to before that, you know, I went to a couple of, uh, back when Bayard still had a club that Dan Clifferton kind of ran. I, I took Owen down there a time or two and I took, uh, i took owen to the bear creek for a week and i think i went to maybe one or two added persons, and i hadn't won a pkc cast you know i was just getting beat yeah and uh it was a different level of competition for me i wasn't really used to it and everything and that's what sort of opened my eyes a little bit to some of these dogs that are out there these days yeah And you know, i thought i had a pretty good dog and he's just common is what i figured out but uh that's kind of how i ended up figuring. you know that's kind of how i started the pkc hunt and i went to a couple i got i saw the baby stakes ad i went to a couple with owen and everything and then i when i got clyde then i just sort of started hauling him up and down the road to them a little more
1: yeah and you and done uh, you ended up doing pretty well with clyde there before uh, yeah
0: so i ended up that's i did i did actually do pretty darn good with him but i didn't uh Something just I just had a terrible run of luck, it, I felt like. I won 72 bucks in Peru, Nebraska, when he was about a year and a half. And I wasn't going to many open events. Well, then I started going to a lot of open events the spring before his uh, Super Stakes, and I could not get that Dog's hundred one. one. Yeah. I just could not do it. Well, I won it, I think, three days before Super Stakes. I finally won another cast. And uh, I had made him Grand Night in that time. Yeah. And you could see. Well, then I ended up, could not win his hundred. Could not win his hundred. You know, he he was operating right just on the nights that I was hunting UKC hunt. So yeah. I mean, he would he was he was operating. You know, if it was an hour hunt, I was treeing three singles. Yeah. In the early round, and I'd tree the only coon we saw late. I mean, he was looking good. The next night at the PKC hunt, he just fall apart on me or something. It seemed like. Yeah. Well, I ended up got that hundred one, and I doubled up on Thursday at Super Stakes. Uh, I only hunted three nights. And the third night, I ended up doubling up with him, and then that's sort of when it just all changed with him. Yeah. I just went on a tear after that. I don't know if it was the age or maturity. Um, shortly after that, I did start him on thyroid pills, actually, that June after his first super sakes. But uh, went on a pretty good tear with him and everything.
1: What happened to Clyde?
0: He ended up uh, he ended up going through the ice on me
1: Yeah,
0: up here. I was hunting in a cast over in Centerville, South Dakota that i was a hunt director at and he went through the ice on me and i never found him again
1: yeah i knew um, i thought that was what was happening i wasn't sure but i remembered when that happened because uh, you think about that that's a dog that you raised that you started from a baby and he rode in the truck with you like you said and you know you'd got to start oh, yeah. in pkc hunts with him and stuff so i mean that's a tough loss that a lot of people wouldn't even try to come back from i don't think
0: i was about ready to i was about ready to quit uh one of the I had a lot of people calling me after that and everything. You know, I was pretty, I was pretty devastated. You know, I had, I had a couple other dogs cranking at the time, too. But I had uh, lost his mother before that. She had a brain aneurysm and died randomly. She was 8 years old. Yeah. Just a random brain aneurysm. I went to take her hunting one night, and she was all stumbling, acting goofy. And next morning, I got her in at the vet bright and early and went to get her, and she was dead. Hmm. So I had that happen. Well, then I had Clyde go through the ice on me and i had figured that out what he had um what he had done he was two and a half when he went through the ice and i never found him again and that was just such a fluke deal too you know he was oh he was two and a half we went through the ice and oh shoot i'm getting sidetracked here so (laughs) he uh that that river that he went through the ice on it wasn't that deep of a river and we were crossing back and forth on it over that ice that's how thick that ice was well there was one knob sticking up this little log and uh, other water rolling over it he was drifting a track you could see the coon track about eight yards away and you could see a couple of his tracks in the ice leading up right to that hole he went through
1: no kidding
0: It it was probably a foot and a half wide and maybe eight feet long Huh. and it was it was a rough deal and that was i actually had a truck ticket on him and for where i'm at to get a truck ticket that is some road work
1: yeah yeah, that's a lot one, of miles.
0: I got one. I was going for an overall ticket and ended up getting a $30 ticket. You know, I was going to a lot of $50 hunts, too. Yeah. Going to a lot of $30 hunts. I was kind of running the state race a little bit. You know, he he was really on a roll that fall, especially. And, yeah, it was right before the truck hunt, you know, about a month before the truck hunt. So I was real bummed about it. And uh, that, was, that was pretty rough. I had to tell Jerry, you know, yeah, hey, you have to go to the next in line. No. I, was, I held out for a week or two, hoping he'd show up somewhere. I'm figuring he probably wouldn't, but after uh, after that, I figured out what he had for cast wins. You know, he had a little over five thousand one. He had cast wins in I think eleven or twelve different states. Um, a lot, a lot of states. He had over five thousand one, and mostly open events. Yeah. And you know, Grand Night, he, had, he was over sixty cast wins when he died at two and a half. So well, I, I was really looking forward to his future, but it was just a, a rough deal.
1: Well, when I hunted with Clyde, he just seemed real business-like. He was just going to be through the country treat.
0: Yep. You know, that, and was, that,
1: was, that was it, and he was probably going to have a coon, and, you know, you could you could beat him because he didn't get struck, but you're going to have to treat just as many coons as he does.
0: Yep. Yeah, that was... And those, dog, was, those was dogs are hard to I beat. Mean. Oh, absolutely. He ended up, uh, once I got him started on those thyroid pills, you know, he used to, when he was younger... Well, he was young his whole life, but uh, when he was real little, he would have to be the the furthest away to get treed. Yeah, you know he'd have to be ahead of everything. But when he was starting to get a little older, he was treeing behind dogs. Yeah, and you know he was he was silent. So, you know nothing was nothing was on him. Right. So that ended up working out pretty good for for him and and for me.
1: I know but, that uh, that Con was. People don't believe how much Con barks on the ground when you turn him loose by himself. He barks a lot. He's he's pretty wide open dog that barks plenty but you turn him loose in the crowd and he won't say a word either yeah i'd say that was probably part of clyde's shutting up too is you know them dogs that want to naturally be alone and they got some brains uh they're going to figure out that the more noise they're making the more they got stuff coming into them
0: it probably was a lot of it yeah he um uh, yeah he was wide open and i think it, i think what happened was he just sort of figured out that he could find he could get up closer on coons and you know be you know get up closer to them. yeah he wasn't open too. he might have had a little bit of that in him
1: yeah yeah but, you bet
0: no he ended up he was about stone silent on the ground and everything when i was running him to all those hunts and i had some trouble in the ukc hunts with that and you know that was i don't know once i made him grand there just wasn't a whole lot for me there i think i took him to zones twice also and i couldn't win a cast with him out there either yeah but, uh, no after uh after he went through the ice he ended up you know, I, I didn't hunt for quite a while after that, probably a month or two and everything. And I started getting some pups, trying to get them started and everything. And if I wasn't having much luck with the pups. I'd get some that would tree a coon, but it'd just be quirky, not my style and whatnot. And I had another pup. Um, it was the only male dog out of Owen and Annie. I actually crossed them once.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and they were a little younger than Clyde. He was the only male pup, and he was basically a good training tool is what he was because he barked every breath on the ground. He was just louder than heck. Yeah. and heck, uh, and he was real hard tree dog, but he get treed all the time. I mean, you cut him yeah. on a fence row and everything where there had been a lot of coon scent, he was going to tree every minute for yeah. sure, if not faster. And uh, he was just a good training tool for putting pressure on pups. Is kind of why he was still around. Yeah. Well, one night I was trying to put some pressure on this female, and, uh, he slips off behind and trees a coon, and after that, he just always treed coons. Really? A really odd deal, mm-hmm. yeah, he, his, uh, he only had, I'd only sent in PKC papers on him, and his name was Owen again, is what I named him, I called him Junior. Yeah. and uh, We'd throw him in for a cast filler once in a while at the, our local hunts, or the hunts that I have up at Inwood there, and, uh, yeah, we'd throw him in for a cast filler once in a while. I think he had like a $100 one on him. Well, then I started pushing him in some hunts once I got him right. You know, he was he was the kind, he was just going to be what he was going to be. You know, he was too stupid to take any correction <laughs> for anything. But he was going to be what he was going to be. If he wanted to burn that deer for two hours, he was going to do it, and you weren't stopping him. Yeah. If he wanted to tree that house cat, you weren't stopping him. But uh, he was just luckily, naturally pretty good with recutting, and he was pretty good about treeing coons after that one day. And I don't know what switched in him, but something did. And then I started pushing him around a little bit and I had won about a thousand dollars on him. You know, a couple of cast wins from other people too, that were handling him. Yeah. And, uh, I went to haul him out to the Labor Day classic. Mind you, this is about six months after Clyde died. I went to haul him out to the Labor Day classic. I get out there and he is all messed up. He's all stiff legged and everything. And he just, you know, he can't hardly walk nothing. And, uh, I ended up getting him to a vet out there, and it ended up, it wasn't blastomycosis, but it was something like it that we have up here. Yeah. That's extremely rare and more more aggressive, and he was, I put him down three days later.
1: No kidding.
0: So that was another one I had a real bad string of luck with. And then, oh, and he just died of old age then, shortly after that. and Yeah, it was, it was something.
1: Is, did Hawk come by right after that?
0: Yeah, it was, uh, it might have i'm trying to think i might have been right before that even yeah but yeah it was it was right after right before i was getting to the point it had to have been right after because i was getting to the point where i was about i was about ready to quit i was just sick with my horrible string of luck i'd had over that month or two i was just about sick over it and i was getting fed up and i ended up i had actually met mike gilbert at the labor day classic and I was explaining what Clyde was out of and I had to always specify that he was out of a uh, bitch out of the doctor yeah, not the witch doctor or anything like that just silver champion doctor yeah. and Mike's like oh I know I, I, I had that dog and he was hunting pack again that night that I drew him and we had a good hunt I think I ended up winning that cast with Clyde but uh, you know my Mike's dog looked real good too and I ended up uh, calling him up after i was having that bad string of luck and i ended up uh getting uh going out there actually and i looked at josie yeah and josie was the one i wanted to buy and you know i didn't have near enough money yeah. And whatnot. <laughs> yeah but uh i went to go back out there at a later date to throw a down payment on him if they'd let me and just look at him again and i was actually hunting hawk's brother little did i know i didn't know this at this time i was hunting hawk's brother out there for paul wagner at the pkc black and tan days
1: yeah
0: or i wasn't even necessarily hunting him for paul um i was trying him out and he was he was a nice common dog just not what i wanted to pack up and down the roads and i wanted to take him out there because i just like that hunt
1: yeah
0: and me and a friend were going out there so figured i'll take that dog and i ended up getting in the final four one night with him you know he was just a nice common coon tree he was a full litter mate to hawk though yeah little did i know at this time but when i went down to mike and chuck's after the after black and tan days they uh mike had changed his mind on selling Josie. didn't want to sell him anymore well, they showed me hawk then and uh i liked him so i ended up going back home getting some cash rounded up and going out right before his senior super stakes and buying him yeah and uh it took a little bit of adjusting for him to get used to me you know he's He's a little bit of a one-man dog. Not so much a one-man dog, but he wanted to make sure I was all right before he really started, really started doing it. I think. Yeah. And, uh, I had him for a couple months, and we started running up and down to some pro classics, and he was started doing pretty good for me. And you know, I had a couple. So I had Junior and Clyde. I think they both had. Well, I know Clyde had a national ticket, and Junior was right on his way to one. And I was really wanting to go to Nationals, and I never got to go with either of them. And I ended up deciding I wanted to make a Hawk a gold champion before Nationals, and he had just over 5,000 won on at this time Mm. was all. And, you know, it hadn't been any open money, so, you know, I wasn't in the top 10 of the state or anything, so I couldn't go for that. So that's when I ended up going down to that hunt in Texas. We almost didn't get our 5, <laughs> one down there. We had a judge that uh, that was blind. <laughs> Why don't you tell
1: that story, Wyatt? Because I've said I think I've talked about it on here before. Yeah. But, uh, well,
0: <laughs>
1: you know, I get <laughs> I get a little grief about that about every time you see me. <laughs> so.
0: Yep. Oh yeah, it was it was a close one. It, it was. Uh, I was the first dog treating in this cast. I struck for a quarter. And uh, there's dog split a tree or two away from him. Uh, Some something Mark Gilmore was hunting at the time. I know he didn't stick with it very long, but something that Mark Gilmore was hunting at the time for Ike Rainey. And uh, I think we also had Zach burden with legs in that cast. This is the late round. My early round, I freed one coon, and that was enough. That was the only coon we scored. Right. And uh, that, that late round or that, that early round. I mean, that was the only coon we scored. Well, that late round, I was the first dog treated, and I was way through there. And so was so was everybody. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he ended up, I found his coon a couple minutes in, just up in the first floor, just all balled up up there. And my like, ass coon, right here. I got it and everything. And golly, my judge just blinded her in a bag. He would not believe me. And he's saying he's going to minus this tree. And I'm like, I'm about mm. sick. No, I'm, that's not actually how it went. You could, <laughs> it took me a while to even find that coon, and then when I did, I knew that was fur.
1: Yeah, I could see what yep. you were seeing, you know, yep. and then we just couldn't <laughs> get it to move. We were beating on the tree and stuff, and those coons down there are so small. There was that little nest there. I was. I was going to minus it. I told you I was going to minus it. I said, oh, yeah. well, you're going to have to show me someplace a coon can hide. And you said that nest. I said, I can see both sides of that nest and wow, uh that, that's
0: those coons down there are pretty small they smaller are smaller than what we're used to yeah they are
1: <laughs> but i i uh i i was this close to minus and i went ahead and circled it against my better judgment and then we went over to squall uh well mark's dog jealous Mark. tree there right next to you but it had a hole in it yeah and we were squalling that hole and man that coon popped up and looked at us <laughs> I was yeah. sick.
0: I was sick too. I had put that entry on a credit card, actually. <laughs> so I was sick too. I'm thinking, oh man, I got like thirty-five dollars if I if I uh, can't pay off this credit card too.
1: <laughs> oh heavens! Thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, Hawk went through there because we never. That was the only coon we treated, and it got circled
0: i know and i ended up treating that other uh that other den you know mm-hmm. legs had a den and then uh he never did get treated again mark's dog ended up i think he made a bad tree
1: yeah and see there's the I'll thing is mark after <laughs> in his tree i minused it and mark's throwing a fit because he's like man you he goes you circled that other tree it had a coon in it and he goes you can't see nothing how are you in this tree there could be a coon in it too <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that was that was a pretty memorable, one. You know, I wasn't even mad at you. I was, I was just sick. Well, I said, Wyatt, well, to your
1: credit, that someone took a bad break like that, and it, you were, I know you were sick. I was sick for you. I didn't like it either. Uh, and but five minutes later, you were your same jovial self, and you know it all ended. Yep. It all worked out. Thank goodness.
0: <laughs> yeah, trying to make the best of it. When yeah. I figured I. Hopefully, just tree another coon. It made me feel a little better when the other dogs had some dens too. Just thinking, wow, mine's just got to tree another one, which is yep. a little easier said than done down there in Texas that time of the year.
1: Yeah, it was it was tougher There's... down there treeing and coons, and especially at that spot we were at, it's full of coons. But when it gets a little chilly down there, those coons don't move at all.
0: Yep, yeah, it just shows a little bit how they move different in different parts of the country.
1: Yeah, I don't think legs uh, legs made one bad tree, and that was it, wasn't it?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then. Uh, clifford's dog probably he was sitting under a coon but we never could hear him
0: yeah he is back the other way i don't know did he even get was he even struck no i think he was struck in but we never uh
1: he got struck in and then we all walked away from him to those other three that were trailing down through there to split distance and then you got treed and we never ever every time we would go back to walk towards clifford's dog to split distance oh no he never got struck in we never even could walk to him
0: yeah, yeah that i think that i think that is right yeah no he never, never he never once in.
1: yep he never once got struck in and he was in there treed the whole time under a coon that's a good dog yeah. i knew i figured he had a coon but there wasn't nothing we could yeah. do about it
0: i remembered you saying that that was a pretty good dog earlier yeah. on in the night well he'd but, beat
1: me he'd beat me that night in the early round treed three coons and look good
0: yep so you remember that night when uh saw so i i was sun was coming up when i was walking out of there i had to go way through there to get my dog yeah and uh sun was coming up i got back to the truck you're still waiting making sure i got out of there all right and then i was giving you a hard time about wanting one of them big show sweatshirts yeah that you had. And, <laughs> and uh said i don't have any more i said well, you're wearing one and you ended up giving me that sweatshirt. i, and I wore that final you, four pictures. yeah you ordered the pictures <laughs> and, that and everything four, top 12.
1: yeah that was my yeah. favorite sweatshirt too
0: <laughs> yeah i still got it <laughs> i figured
1: i owed you after circling your coon
0: yep that's what i was sort of going for hoping i could get one for that
1: so that made that made him a gold champion that night didn't that cash pay five grand
0: yeah it did yep that one paid five grand and then the next night it was really hot down there actually yeah
1: it did it it got real hot it was 75 degrees or something like that
0: yep i think that's uh that was probably so that that next night i drew i think it was heartland bonnie owen shelby was our judge um I think it was one of Heartland Bonnie's first big hunts. Yeah. Thunderbird's Dominator. Yeah. One of his first big hunts also, I believe. I think so. And then uh, a flip-flop dog. Yeah. I think it was a dog. Yeah. Yep. And that's, uh, that was our cast, and I ended up catching a, catching a bad one there, which I was just happy to be there at that point. Yeah. But everything's opening on the ground, flying to the right. You know, I don't know if they were running something fast or a hot track or what it was. I think it was probably just a hot coon track. Well, Hawk ended up bopping in there to the left about 50 yards, and he opens up, and I struck him for a hundred in the minute. He opens about four or five times and just drives that track silent about 400 yards and loads up tree. Well, I got minus. Yeah. Which he had, you know, Owen had to do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's a bad that's, a bad. that's a bad thing about a dog that doesn't say much on the ground is you got to be real careful under that minute.
0: Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. He- and I, I know that's what he did on that one. But, yeah, so I had to re-strike for a quarter and tree for a hundred on that. And that's what – that's – we tr- we scored another coon, but a lot of dogs took some minus. But I sat on 25-plus all night. And then when the hunt ran out, you know, there was still pending trees and everything. Yeah. And I don't know how it exactly would have played out. But I ended up uh, – he came treed right there about three, four minutes after the hunt was up. But he was moving around. Sorry. He didn't deserve that cast win. Yeah. mine didn't. So <laughs> –
1: well tell me about tell me about your run at the ukc world hunt because uh i mean the young guns were in that other than kurt you know there's a lot of young guys how old are you Wyatt? i'm
0: 23
1: yeah I see i thought you were 22 or 23 i couldn't remember you're still a young man and uh you know tyler he's not very old jeremiah roller and kurt were in the cast it sounds like you guys had a fantastic time i mean you kind of caught a bad break hawk got out of pocket but that's part of it but tell me yeah. about tell me about the run through zones and then going out into the top 100
0: um so the first night out there at zones see i i had just started him on the thyroid pills about four or five days prior i mean i mean he was looking terrible josh he was he was looking awful and he was leaving some trees locating and leaving treat a couple slicks and i mean just stuff that was just so odd for him i had him at the vet and they probably thought i was a hypochondriac about my dog <laughs> at that vet. And I they said, he's perfectly healthy. There's nothing wrong with him. And I said, well, let's test him for all this stuff. And I ended up having blood sent to several different colleges. Yeah. And uh, negative for all the major tick diseases, negative on heartworms. They couldn't find anything. His CBC test for his white blood cells, that was good. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only thing wrong was his thyroid was low, and I knew it would probably be low. And I figured there was something underlying also. But I couldn't find anything with that, and there or the test didn't show anything for that, and his vitals were all good and everything else. And I'm like, well, I guess I'll start feeding him them pills. I've done it before with a dog, so uh, yeah. That's actually what I ended up doing. I just started giving him the pills uh, twice a day. You know, I'd I'd been through it with Clyde, so I started giving him the pills twice a day and put him in our. Oh, we, I put him in a hunt on Wednesday over here at my place. And I had just gone to a doubleheader that I was helping with down in Magnolia, Iowa, actually. Uh-huh. And he uh, he looked bad down there too. And this was the Saturday before the zones. When I got the results on Monday. Started him on the pills. Wednesday I had a PKC hunt at my place or at my my parents' place. That's my my club that I run. All right. And uh, I started him on them, and he uh, he looked pretty good there actually. I uh, ended up getting beat still, but he treated two coons, and we ended i didn't hunt him again until friday and everything which that's another deal I i should clarify a little bit i was hunting him really hard leading up to that and he was doing bad you know yep. he was in shape but he wasn't training coons not very many anyways and uh yeah that friday i get out there i didn't have much of expectations for him you know i was hoping those pills would be kicking in by then but i didn't figure they would be i didn't figure his thyroid thyroid would be up at all and uh i ended up uh drew out with chad shema with uh this uh a blue a big country dog called mongo, mongo I think yeah
1: yeah
0: yep and uh, i drew tim Nathy and his dog's name was adley and then i drew drew the uh baby stakes champion tom Brislawn. he's bought uh that straight flush dog you yep. spurlock
1: yeah
0: i drew those three and uh we cut loose and i strike for a hundred in the minute we cut down this tree line that goes into a big river bottom I strike for a hunter a little bit left-handed in the minute. And that Adley dog actually shoved one up me pretty bad there yeah. on the edge of that cornfield. Um, she she treed one there, and hawks sort of opened a little bit around there, and you, you knew it was the same track, and she just beat him to it. And he ended up just rolling on down the tree line a ways and hitting that river bottom mm-hmm. is what he did. Well, uh, Flush got a piece of that coon. And then mongos treed about two, three trees away. And I'm thinking, this dog is jealous, treed. Well, he had a coon, too. Yeah. Over there. So we pull them all off those trees and uh, cut them loose. And I tree hawk in there. We go in. He's got a coon. But on the way to him, the other dogs, uh, Flush had treed and Adley had treed. And we walked right by and and everything. And, I mean, it was, it was a good tree. They had to have had one
1: there. Yeah.
0: And we get in there to hawk. He's about a thousand from there, and I get him recut, and he only goes about seven hundred yards, seven eight hundred maybe, and he gets treated again, but I can't hear him. I never even heard him struck, and uh, we we're just in a, kind of a bad spot for him. We get yeah. back there, and the dogs both ended up leaving that tree, and all three of the other dogs in the cast swam the river, and I'm still sitting there. I can't hear Hawk. You know, I'm still leading this cast with two twenty five plus, and I can't hear Hawk at all. Yeah. We tried listening, and we couldn't hear him couldn't hear him a lick. And I, I, I thought I heard him a couple times, and nobody else really did. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to try pitching him in there, I guess. I'm, I'm winning. You know, no use on trying to talk him into hearing. Mm-hmm. But then all three of them dogs get split-treated across that river is what ended up happening. And they're right in the middle of this village up there in Wisconsin across yeah. this river. And they had just had a pile of rain so that river's rushing so we got to walk to the closest bridge well at this point we're probably about a thousand yards from hawk and we're probably only four or five hundred from these dogs but we got to walk all the way around to this bridge well that entails walking straight away from hawk still so we get up on this hill at that point we stop and listen all three of the dogs are treating. in all split across the river there and in town and uh I ended up uh tree and hawk or striking a tree and hawk, we get up on top of this hill and you could hear him pretty good actually, and he was over a mile away at this point. You could hear him pretty good from up there. Mm-hmm. So I struck and treated him, went and handled him. You know, he had been treed over an hour by the time I got to him. And we waited there for another hour and a half. While well, those guys had walked around to the closest bridge and then they had a bunch of trouble with cops coming into their tree <laughs> you know, coming in there, people calling the cops and everything and they got into didn't you know, actually get into any trouble, but you know yeah. they had to get the dogs out and they had to talk to the cops and everything and uh they come back around, and I didn't need a coon, I just needed a circle, and I ended up having another coon over there,
1: yeah,
0: and uh ended up working out for me well i'm I was thinking at that point that three seventy five plus you know I've hunted that Wisconsin zone before, and I've seen one seventy five plus single cast score get through, yeah, so you're feeling so pretty good I was feeling really good, yeah, I thought I had it one. Or I thought I was advancing with that single score. Well, the next night I ended up drawing out with Chad Shima again with Mongo and, uh, Tim Nathie with that Adley dog again,
1: uh-huh.
0: that very next night. And, uh, I ended up there. I, there's another blue dog in the country or not, another blue dog in the cast. And he had a big motor on him. I don't know what he was out of. He wasn't out of country or anything. He yeah. was a little older dog. But I don't remember that fellow's name or the dog's name. But he was also in that cast. That was, But, yeah, I had two of the same guys from the night before. And uh, we cut loose in there. And Hawk opens about three, four times right at about 50 seconds in, in the minute. And I'm not going to strike him just in case and uh, i end up right after the minutes up i take third strike yeah so i'm like well crap there i did it to myself (laughs) i hope that i don't regret that later is what i was thinking and i was still going to try to win the cast but i just really didn't want to draw a minus was kind of my goal in that Mm. cast. well the mongo dog he gets out of the cornfield here i mean we got a nice big spot here it's pretty steep hillside but big woods with a creek on the bottom and some fields and you know field on the top nice big hillside big woods you know plenty of room for the dogs I had I had good guys both nights out there, I thought. Yeah. You know, they put us in big enough woods, I felt like. But uh anyways, Mongo gets out of the corn and he uh, he taps around on this tree and he rolls out of there and he's checking around a bit and then Hawk gets out of the corn and he taps around on this tree too, but right in the same area. And then he ends up moving out of there. And uh then Adley comes out of the corn and she nails this tree. And uh believe it or not, i actually ended up getting a quarter on that tree i did i couldn't believe it myself but hawk ended up going back in there really and everything yeah he did he ended up going back in there to it and i i I couldn't believe it i think i've seen him maybe once or twice since i've owned him as all yeah you know have that happen where i don't take a hunter or a 125 in this case i mean and uh yeah see they ended up uh, we found the coon it took quite a while we found the coon so then i'm sitting at 75 plus and adley's sitting at 150 mongo's still carrying a 100 strike and the other blue dog's carrying 75 and we haven't heard that other blue dog in quite a while but we walk up a bit and we hear mongo so we get recut and uh adley kind of hangs around fairly close a little bit that's tim's dog she hangs around fairly close and gets struck and then i get struck for 50 a little further down and he, he ends up didn't really stick with that one well then Mongo comes treed through there quite a ways well we get in there to him and while we're shining I hear Hawk treed so I treed for 125 and uh, he was down at the bottom of this hill he was only probably three 400 yards from Mongo
1: mm-hmm.
0: well Mongo's got a coon well then Ad- Adley's there for 75 with Hawk and uh, we go down there they got a coon and we recut off that or we got to pull off of that one and uh, we hear the other blue dog treeing through there and he trees it in and this dog had gone a long ways from where we cut i've never seen blue dogs with motors like i did that weekend yeah the mongo and that uh whatever that other dog was i can't remember his name but they they you know some of the nicer blue dogs i've seen before
1: by all accounts and, mongo's a pretty good one he was down at strickland's for a while strickland said he was a good one chris pile said he was a good one there's a lot of guys that like that dog
0: I liked him a lot. He's probably probably one of the nicer Blue Dogs I've ever seen, for yeah. sure. Probably definitely in the top five, if not the nicest. You know, yeah. he he looked good. He actually did. He looked real good. And uh, we recut off that, and I ended up uh, I ended up treeing for 125 up on that hillside, and he was by himself up there. We get to that other Blue Dog, and he's got a coon, a Mongo's treat again, and Hawk had a coon, Mongo had a coon, and that tied us up. But I had him beat on on tiebreaker.
1: Yeah,
0: how it ended up going. So got pretty, uh, pretty fortunate there and everything.
1: What about down um, in, what about down in Tennessee? How'd that go?
0: Yeah, that's the first time Hawk had ever been cut down in Tennessee. And I was pretty worried right away going down there about getting room and everything. You know, yeah. it was real hot on Wednesday when I got there.
1: What was the temperature in Wisconsin than... compared to Tennessee?
0: Oh, Wisconsin. We probably had some, it was probably 50 degrees or so in the at night when we were hunting, 50 yeah. or 60 maybe. It wasn't it wasn't too hot of a day either of the days out there. Yeah. But yeah. Tennessee was a hunter the first day when I got down there.
1: Yeah, that's a big switch for a dog.
0: Yeah, it, it really was. But he, uh, we didn't have to hunt in that. Luckily, that would have been terrible. But uh, we ended up uh, the next day. It ended up being pretty good weather actually. So that worked out all right for yeah. us. Uh, but yeah, I got him in the AC and he just hung out in the room for the first day. And then it was pretty cool the next day. So that was pretty good. If you get him outside on the grass a little right. bit, but. That night, we, uh, I'm trying to think who we drew out with. We actually drew out with, uh, Dustin Stewart and Rocket Collector. Yeah. He was right close, uh, he actually, he doesn't live close to me. I mean, close in my book, but not close <laughs> yeah. anybody in anybody's book. He's about four hours away, and I've never hunted with the dog, but a few people have told me, you know, a few people that know what I like, they said that he's your kind. Yeah. You know, low, lower strike dog is good about having coons, and moves around good, and, uh, yeah, I ended up going, uh, let's see, who the heck else was it? It was uh, Outlaw Boomer was the other one, that young black and tan that, oh, Aaron Walken owned it. I can't remember the guy's name that had him out there that had bought him that was hunting him. Yeah. But I drew out with him, and then there was an English dog, and I don't remember that that dog or the handler's name either. Sorry if I'm bad about this. but it's <laughs> <That's> all right. I end up, Boomer takes a uh, first strike to the left. And then Hawk takes for a second strike to the right when the minutes up and everything. Um, he opened a few times. He ran a pretty good little track and just come treat and, uh, nothing else had even struck yet. And I trade for one twenty-five. Well, then the English dog come running by us. And then she runs straight in there towards Hawk. And I'm thinking, huh, that thing's going to cover Hawk. Well, she sure didn't. She blew right past him and treat on her own. Yeah. I'm like, Oh man, this, this English dog means business and everything. And, uh, We get in there, Hawk's got a coon, and I recut him. The English dog has a coon, and then Boomer, he's starting to go around to the south, and then Rocket gets struck into the south for uh, 25. So, you know, we got all the dogs moving that way now, which is the way that I had initially been taken off towards. Yeah. I don't get struck in for quite a while after that. And uh, the English dog gets treated again, and I'm thinking, oh, no, here we go. Well, she had a big persimmon tree, and we ended up finding a possum in it. Yeah, And uh, she got scratched. And I think there's, I, I really do think there's probably a pretty good chance that she was smelling the coon scent and that possum just so happened to be there. Yeah. To tell you the truth. Um, I think that there's pretty good chance that's what happened, but I, I don't know for sure. I don't know the dog. You never know about
1: persimmon trees. Scent. Persimmon trees are poison to everything.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's uh that's how that ended up going. Well then Rockets treat at that point. We go down to him and he's got a coon. Well, we pull off of that and uh I was struck in at this point for twenty five. And boomer ends up coming treat fairly close to us. Well I could hear Hawk and he's locating and I treat him. So the guide went with me to handle my dog and we wait there. It's a big big tree down in this cypress bottom. And uh Boomer ended up leaving that tree, I guess. So they come to score me, and we find the coon. And I, I recut off of that, and Boomer's tree again. We get up there, and he's circled. Well, I had struck while we're shining his tree. I wasn't too far away yet. But then after I struck, he starts, you know, sinking into the country a ways. Yeah. And when we pull off of Boomer's tree to get him recut, we start the eight, and then right away Rocket breaks it. He comes treed the opposite direction of where Hawk was going so uh, he recuts boomer and uh, we go in there to rock it and on the way there he had called and said that he had treated him in again uh, the boomer dog and he went back to handle him and he said that he left so he grabbed him and he was leaving and everything he had withdrawn is what he'd said yeah called the judge and everything and we get in there to rock it and he's got a coon up a bush he did a nice job on that one and we're the only two dogs left in the cast at this point but there's about 20 minutes left and we got to go to where we last heard hawk start the eight so it was a long walk back to where i struck him and there's three four minutes left maybe two three even was all and uh, we heard him treed through there and we cut him loose and or cut rocket loose and he didn't get struck in in that few minutes so i never did have to tree in again yeah so i ended up winning that cast with just the two coons and then he had another one through there but winning with the two coons there and then i gotta give a shout out to our guide on that cast he um he drove around and and everything and his brother brought a side-by-side down to him and they drove that side-by-side into that wma ground got within a couple hundred yards of hawk's tree to nice. pick us up and they had cold waters for us when we got back there so <laughs> yeah. that was a that was service right there Yeah, you need to
1: give <laughs> give them a tip give them your sweatshirt <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I should have. I should have. <laughs> if I was wearing one I probably would've. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: What but about yeah, your ne- so what about your next cast?
0: How'd it go? Um, so there ended up only being twenty three cast winners. Yeah. Um out of the twenty six there should be. There's a few dead casts. It was pretty tough hunting down there. You know, yeah. we were fortunate enough to get a good guy and had some pretty good dogs. We scored four or we scored five coons in our cast. But then the next night I drew out with Logan Rose with Echo. Um, there was a black and tan dog in that cast too, and then who was the uh, uh, Jack? Jack Bingham, uh, Jersey Girl dog. Yeah. Uh, Justin Boblet was hunting her. Yeah. So I drew out with them, and I ended up taking last strike. Um, they all took off pretty hard and hot on something and then it sort of died out on him and this black dog he stayed there pretty close to the trucks where the trap kind of blew, blown up on him it seemed like almost and echo and jersey sort of kept going quite a ways and then hawk ended up working the same way they were but in a, a different area and he came treed so i treat him and uh, we go in there and i've got a coon well then the black and tan comes treed, so we go to him and he's circled well, I had struck in the meantime, and he recuts the black and tan, and, I mean, we had nothing going on for the next over an hour. Yeah. we it so moved boring. two, boring. Oh, yeah, we, we made him move two, 300 yards closer to the dogs. Uh, Jersey was really good about keeping the strike open for us because if, if it was the other three of us struck in, you know, that eight probably would have caught us at some point. Yeah. And we all ended up getting struck in, and this dog's had tracks blowing up on him, and Echo, he ended up blowing out of the country. Um, he ended up opening up on this hedgerow and I thought he's going to nail one right there and then I'm going to need to tree another one. And he just opened a bit and he kept rolling on. And, uh, he just got, I think he ended up about four miles away, three or four miles away when Logan went to go get him actually. And, uh so that was a bad break for them Well, jersey she carried a 100 strike in that in the beans about all night well there's about 13 minutes left in this cast and i'm feeling pretty good about my 150 plus you know i'm not too worried with how the, this cast is going you know yeah. about something else treeing because that black and tan he had struck through there and he come running fairly close to us you know not right by us but he was running an edge sort of sort of past us you know just looking for another track it sounded like and well, my dog starts running down this edge right towards us with about 20 minutes left or so, and he gets out. He gets out about 200 yards away and he opens in this bean field after a little bit, and he opens about five or six times, and he just inhales a tree about 200 yards from us. And uh, Brandon Barry was the judge. Yeah. And uh, I about puke when he does that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's only room for air at this yeah. point. And I, have, I about puke and everything, and they're all laughing at me because the way he did it, you, you know, he had that coon. Yeah. And I let him run the stationary for about a minute and a half, and I tree him in, and we go in there, and he's got a coon and everything, and uh, nothing else. You know, I ended up having to recut with five minutes, and then had to run him down later on. But uh, yeah, they ended up uh, nothing else to treat a coon, and I, I treed those two there, so that went pretty good. Well then we had that deal where there was a dead cast in those last six casts. Yeah. So we ended up deciding, so they proposed us this idea, us five cast winners. They proposed us the idea of um they proposed us the idea of drawing and whatnot for a four dog final four, you know, they had a lot wrapped up into the production of the Yeah. Yeah, I think they, I show. think they
1: made the right decision. That's about the only thing you could do they, there
0: they did and they said they brought up the point that you know there's a decent chance the way these casts came in you know there's a lot of casts one coon scored in the whole cast and that was the winner you know there there wasn't many coons scored on that friday night right and um they said that you know if we've crowned the world champion tonight you know if there happens to be a dead cast you know we're gonna we're gonna make the whole coon hunting world pretty mad i think that's what they said
1: yeah no i think (laughs) they 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 made the right call there
0: I do too. I really do. Uh that ended up working out pretty good for for us. We all ended up throwing those cards then and you know, there's a couple of us were a little leery at first, but we ended up just sort of thinking it through and like, well, we got a sixty percent chance of not having to hunt tonight or we can just have a hundred percent chance of knowing we're gonna hunt tonight. So for our late round. So we just sort decided unanimously everyone everyone agreed to it and everything. And you know, they got it all on video and everything. Trevor did. Yeah. And uh we ended up drawing out a, a one so we didn't have to hunt till the next night so we we got through to theirs as well as you know jeremiah and tyler
1: yeah so then yep.
0: kurt and uh, bryce matthews had to go out and hunt late and kurt ended up uh getting it done there but you could really tell the next night whitey was whitey was pretty tired
1: yeah he had that extra t- round you know that's hard on a dog have to hunt an extra late round. but you know that that whitey's a good coon dog and you guys there were four really good dogs in that final cast oh I'm, I absolutely mean, They're those were those are real talented coon tree and dogs I've hunted with three of them and I'm guarantee you the fourth one probably is too so yeah uh, you know they're tough to beat even a, even a tired whitey is tough to beat mm-hmm you know so uh I think the yep. whole the whole it looked like on the live feed and all that stuff of course everybody that's listening to this probably watched a lot of that coverage if you haven't seen the coverage of that go to ukC's YouTube channel it was fantastic. Uh, as they always do, they always do a fantastic job with that. But it looked like Hawk mm-hmm. just just left, just left the country. Is that pretty much what happened?
0: It, it, it is, yeah. So um, and Jen, when Jenna took off barking and whatnot, he just sort of him and Sleepy both they just sort of road raced down that path. Then yeah. what they basically did, you know, everything ended up getting struck in through there, and uh, we got up there and the eight caught us after we scored Jenna and Whitey's tree and what it what had happened was hawk had run off so a lot of the good timber was to the east and we figured dogs would break off this path and yeah. uh, they, they ended up not uh, sleepy and hawk just burnt down it and they got split up from each other and uh, sleepy ended up curling back around towards this little little tree row that went off of it off of this big woods to the north and hawk shot right off the end of it and he kept going and there wasn't a tree for probably nearly two miles yeah. after that and uh it was just it was a bad break well we got to the eight was running on jenna and whitey they restruck for 175 and the eight was running on him and i was thinking i was hearing him so i asked and, and a couple of the cast members thought they were hearing him and so did the so did the judge so i said well strike and tree him so that ended up breaking the other dogs eight and then we walked out of this bowl that we were in up onto the levees and when we got up there we, they put two on me and i don't think i i don't think i probably was hearing him to you the truth yeah but you know it ended up working out real good because then you know the rest of the guys got up there to where they could all hear their dogs and you know have a good cast and everything up there hearing the dogs and you know i didn't have anything to lose at that point because i had fourth locked up so it worked out and we could hear him real good when we got up to the edge there you know that would have worked out all right for me but you know we, we didn't and that still worked out just fine you know i still took fourth and i would have withdrawn a lot sooner but whitey was trailing around back towards the truck uh, and i did not want to walk up on him until right. they got him in and got him handled so I, I stuck with the cast and jenna looked jenna looked phenomenal she, she looked did. great Yeah. they they all you know they, i think i think that cast could go a different way any night you know yeah. if we hunted it over and over again but it was it was jenna's night you know she got in the good woods and she was operating and you know i've, I've hunted with jenna a lot and you know she a lot of the time I've hunted with her has been in nasty conditions and you know, she goes like crazy, but you know, she she went plenty that night, but she was she got in the coons and she, she put on a real good show. I I was real happy for Tyler.
1: What about uh future plans for you and Hawk? What hunt you guys planning on attending? I assume you're gonna be out at Salem next week.
0: Yep, I'm planning on it. Um I've taken off a little bit too much time before well, uh, I don't know about too much time, but
1: I say, is that I even possible? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I work for my uncle and a buddy of mine, we put in garage doors. So, you know, they're yeah, they're pretty understanding yeah. of uh of the coon hunts. You know, they've they've both coon hunted quite a bit. So yeah. they're pretty understanding of that and everything and I mean, I'd like to make it out to youth worlds, I've judged the last couple or few years out there and I'd like to make it out. I don't think I'm gonna be able to do it this year. You know, I'd try to get caught up a little bit this year on yeah. or try to get caught up a little bit more with work before I take off. You know, I haven't got a lot of hours in for the last few weeks, so <laughs> but, yeah, I'm planning on being out at Salem and everything, and we'll see how that goes. I'm kind of curious to see if uh, see who's going to be showing up out there this year. You know, I think some of the guys might not from that zone deal that some guy recommended. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, <laughs> he, I, wanted, to, I wanted to get a zone <laughs> up there closer to you.
0: Yeah, to I wanted to, to see one in La Plata. I would have gone in La Plata.
1: I think La Plata but, was just a little too close uh, to Salem, you know, but I, th- I wanted to have it up there uh western iowa somewhere you know something like that where all them western states guys can can not have to drive so far but you know the pkc will move them around i'm sure maybe we'll get one over that way next year
0: oh yeah for sure no i i like going out for that week of the world hunt though that's a that's a fun vacation you know it's usually right after harvest and everything for us so it's, it's a good time to wind down and go out there and have a good time with everybody i really enjoy that hunt um that's that's one i'm definitely planning on and i i saw that uh the 2500 in arkansas another one of those shootout style hunts that they're doing yeah so i'm uh i'm planning on going to that also um and definitely nationals next year and i'm hoping to have this uh the hawk pup i've got now cranking pretty good for super stakes um my dad has a pup out of hawk right now out of hawk and uh and uh pox yeah small dog that sears and Bingham used to own and everything and uh I've got or my dad's got that pup out of there he's got his hunted one he's got a hawk and fox and then I have one out of uh, oh he's out of he, he's out of Darren DeGroat's dog and everything yeah and uh Darren Darren's got a bitch that's out of Mafia and Maxine um he had a litter mate back in the day and ended up buying this one dirt cheap out of Arkansas and it's actually a really nice really nice female um, yeah them dogs, I, them dogs that lot.
1: have some age on them now at Off and maxine
0: yeah they're getting they're getting up there but you know that whole cross ended up turning out pretty good and i i believe you yeah know,
1: maxine I, was a good female mafia was a good reproducer
0: oh absolutely I, you know, I i like i like a lot of that stuff you know i like a lot of that doctor breeding and all that stuff from out in indiana you know yeah stuff Mike and chuck are usually pushing and you know obviously i went and bought one from them but uh <laughs> I also really like. I also really like a lot of the shack dogs and the mafia dogs that I've hunted with or hunted.
1: Yeah, I do too. I get best? a hunt down here where I'm at. I I run into a lot of them, and you run into a lot of good dogs. I hunted with uh, Vic Hurley's got one out of Shack called Joe. I hunted with down there pleasure hunting before zones. That's a good dog. Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of good dogs out there. The that red that English female crossed on Shack. Uh, the one Ty Anderson has the dice dog and yeah. Uh, justin parker has another one down there litter mate uh brother to it and it was a good dog i hunted with hit down there too so yeah they they, you get down in that southwest missouri area there's a lot of shack and mafia stuff and it's good they're good Oh yeah yeah
0: there's plenty of them and everything and i think uh mine definitely got the mouth from it Um,
1: yeah definitely you
0: know hawk's been throwing some pretty good mouths in about all of his crosses i've made lately here but uh I really like this I really like this mafia pup I've got. I hope I'm hoping to have him cranking good for super stakes next year, but uh we'll just have to see on it. But yeah, speaking on those uh mafia the mafia and shack dogs that are, you know, being pretty good. Me and Darren actually owned one together. We had bought from Dan Clipperton. We ended up we didn't get along with her too good. Well we sold her to Jeremiah Roller, he didn't get along with her. He sold her to a fellow out in Pennsylvania and she was in the grand sixteen at Autumn Oaks. Really? You know, neither of us we talked about that and said oh i didn't like her yeah and i and he said oh i didn't like her either so then uh ended up selling them to them and they they uh they loved her through it good and uh she's doing pretty good now i think but
1: all right you know, all right Wyatt. Know. it sounds like you guys got a lot of big plans coming up you know i'm gonna run into you some hunts i hope hopefully you're judging next time so if i tree a coon you'll yeah. see it
0: yeah, I, I don't know about that.
1: I try to get out of judging as much as I can anymore, but they still stick me with that card every now and then.
0: Yep. Yeah, I end up getting it quite a bit too, and yep. I, I really don't mind it. No, you know, I, I don't
1: d- mind it for the most part. I like it when I'm hunting scent, but when I'm hunting rain, she chews so bad, and I worry about the yep. two catching her every now and then. So I like in a PKC cast, I like to leave her and go get her handled. But uh, with Santa, it doesn't bother yeah. me too bad.
0: Yep, for sure. Now sorry if I ramble on a little bit and it's a little hard to follow or anything. No,
1: that makes it easy for me. I just get to sit back and watch the clock and listen. Those are the those are the best ones to do.
0: Yep, for sure.
1: But I appreciate you sitting down with us, Wyatt, and congratulations on on what you and Hawk uh, have done and you guys got a real bright future in the sport. And uh, you know, for a young kid, you've done a lot and I think you're gonna keep it rolling. I'm happy for you and proud of you.
0: Well, I appreciate it. i I uh really appreciate it i hope we can get some get some more done with him i I think he's about three thousand short platinum i'd like to get that done and then after that we'll see and i'll still keep hunting him but hopefully move on to a pup out of him pretty soon here after that and yeah i don't know we'll see how it goes i'm he's got his five wins for tournament of champions next year and whatnot so we'll probably be at that also in the spring and nationals of course and i really like what you know trevor and allen and everybody over at ukc does with that tournament of champions oh, in the world huh? so they, do, you know, I, they do they do a fantastic a job yeah. so i i like what they do with that and yeah i like what you i like what you do with these podcasts too so I'm, i really enjoy listening to them i was pretty shocked and excited when you asked me to talk on it i probably sound like an idiot on here but oh, no, i appreciate the offer so you're world <laughs> you're
1: world finalist now why you're a big deal
0: yeah i know i told everybody i never thought i'd get so much attention for losing a ukc cast <laughs>
1: all right wyatt i appreciate it buddy And look me up out there when, when we when you get to salem we'll go out and grab a bite to eat or something
0: sounds good i'll plan on it I'll all talk right. to you later.
1: thank you wyatt yeah, thank you all right ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening to mr wyatt moaning uh we thank him for joining us uh this is josh michaelis And this is The Truth on the Houndsman XP Podcast Network.